Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for Easter Sunday, April 5th, 2015. Today's podcast is the sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled, He is Risen Indeed, So What? They fled from the tomb because they were afraid, and they said nothing to anyone because they were scared to death. And thus endeth the gospel telling of the story according to Mark. We didn't begin worship today as we often do with the litany that goes, He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Because if we are reading the Gospel of Mark, they didn't tell anybody. They found the tomb empty, and it says they told no one. Had it been left up to Mark, Christians wouldn't be gathering right now all over the world to celebrate the good news of resurrection. Now, if you're opening up your Bibles and looking in them, you're going to say, well, Amy, there's verses 9 through 20 right there after 8. If you have a decent Bible, there should be a footnote at the bottom saying, but almost everyone agrees that those verses were added later by somebody else other than Mark. So the oldest Gospel telling. The most ancient of manuscripts leaves the story with the women telling no one because they were scared to death. Now we're going to deal more with this in August. expect all of you to be here from now until August because we are preaching through the Gospel of Mark and we're just about at chapter, I don't even remember, eight or so, maybe six, seven, eight. We got chapters to go. And so we will deal with this Uh, extra ending to Mark later in the summer as we preach through the gospel. But we had to read a resurrection story for today, so why not deal with Mark since we're so heavily invested in him right now? So I decided to read from the most ancient telling of this story. His ending is so abrupt Each gospel writer tells the same story, yet they tell it all a little differently. Matthew and Luke clearly use Mark to tell their whole story, but they change his ending. Mark's conclusion is my favorite, though. They were so afraid that they told no one. No one. Now, obviously, word got out. We know that this was a loosely kept secret. We know this because some 2,000 years later, we're here telling the story again this morning. But we're certainly telling it in a completely opposite way than the original witnesses to resurrection did. As I scrolled through Facebook leading up to today, and I'll confess, I did it again this morning, I noticed that No one is afraid of shouting and celebrating and proclaiming, He is risen. Oh, they're beautiful pictures of tombs with the stone rolled away 
and sunshines behind crosses on beaches, images shouting and proclaiming he is risen. There are many series being advertised and news stories on TV and in the paper reporting the news of resurrection. We tell everybody this good news. And we do odd things to celebrate it. We make eggs different colors. <laughs> and then we hide them so that no one can find them. And because we don't like the smell of nasty eggs that don't get found, we buy plastic eggs and we open them and we put candy in them to say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. This afternoon, my big extended family will have a three-legged race and an egg toss and then a big softball game to say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Home run. Take your bases. <laughs> At Easter, there's even a bunny that's involved and lots of chocolate. There's new clothes. We do Easter right. We post pictures, we wish Happy Easter with ease. The very first celebrants were afraid. And they told no one. But a good many of those folks who are proclaiming him so loudly today won't be talking about him much anymore well, until next Easter, maybe Christmas. The opposite happened back then. Word got out, but it was gradual and it was timid. And I'm wondering if we would do well to be a little more afro of, afraid of proclaiming this good news. It is a radical way of living should we choose this Jesus life. It's probably how the bunny got added to Easter. We got too afraid of the Jesus way. Let's add a bunny rabbit and make it more palatable. The original witnesses were initially too afraid to tell it, but clearly they came around. Clearly they came to understand what it would mean for their way of living the irony is that we don't seem to be afraid of shouting it and celebrating it, but I do think that there are many who are, will be afraid to talk about it much after today. And most of us, if we are honest, are afraid to live it. Maybe that's why we scream it so with beautiful pictures, because tomorrow we're going to be afraid to live Easter. This makes us have to ask ourselves, when we leave this place today and all the feel-good that it brings to us, will we be so afraid to tell the good news that we end up telling no one? We may have more in common with those early eyewitnesses than we thought. And I'm not just talking about telling no one about resurrection. I'm talking about all the stuff that led up to his death. That's what makes this a story worth telling, not Easter. It's all the stuff that led to Easter. 
you know, the way he lived and what he taught and what he did, that's what we should be afraid to tell. Resurrection, that's easy. Experiencing his presence after he was no longer with them, yes, I get that. Believing that there is life after death in both a literal and a figurative way, that's not hard. It's the choosing to live like him that should scare us to death. Perhaps that is why we make such a big deal about today, a one-and-done event. It's tomorrow and next Sunday and the next and the next and all the days after that we should be thinking about today. We didn't do that. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. At the beginning, I was saving it for the sermon for right now with great Easter gusto. I go first. You repeat after me. I say it again. I add indeed. And then we all say hallelujah. We got it? Let's give it a try. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So what? All of the celebration and talk about Easter means nothing unless we leave this place changed. Our reading from the Acts of the Apostles this morning should be our guide. Clearly, Mark's original ending was not the final word. While they may have been afraid and didn't tell anyone, at least not right away, clearly word got out and everyone began to understand. So many of the things he had taught them slowly began to make sense to them after he died. And we find ourselves this morning not just at an empty tomb, but at the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was not a, a Jew. He was a centurion, but he was God-fearing, and he did good things, especially for the poor, and he prayed. He was faithful, but he was not a believer. He had a vision that he needed to talk to Peter and hear what Peter had to say. At about the same time, Peter was having a vision. It's a weird vision. He was praying, and he was hungry, which may have something to do with it. It's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry, you shouldn't do it. He was hungry and praying at the same time and he had this vision and something like a sheet dropped out of heaven and on this sheet were all kinds of animals and he's looking at this vision of this sheet of all kind of animals, unclean animals and this voice says to him, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, 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 surely not. He had never eaten an unclean thing in his life. But in the vision, he heard that he was not supposed to call anything impure that God had called clean. He heard this three times because we're slow. Three times he heard this, that anything God calls clean, you cannot call impure. And he kind of comes out of this trance-like time, and he sees Cornelius' men who have sent for him. So he goes with Cornelius' people, and he sits with Cornelius, someone with whom he would likely not have affiliated prior to his vision. But once you know Jesus and hear his message and follow his teachings, everything changes. 
Peter, Simon Peter, after hanging out with Jesus all that time and being his right-hand man, he still needed to be reminded that God shows no partiality. God doesn't have favorites, but instead loves and welcomes all. Peter was still learning and growing long after Jesus died. Peter continued being witness to a resurrected one who continued to change his life. That's my story. I continue to be witness to a resurrected one that changes people's lives. Cornelius and all of his people were baptized that day. Peter walked them through the life of Jesus and he told them how he had changed his own life and Peter continued to bear witness to the life of Jesus. Mark's gospel didn't get it right. They may have been afraid. They may have told no one, but the good news of the gospel cannot be kept a secret. The continued presence of Jesus the Christ continues to leak out. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So what? So what? If that's all you've come here to hear, so what? If it doesn't change your life, so what? Then let us live like we mean it. Let us live like we believe in what he said and how he lived. And let us start by showing no partiality ourselves. I can't think it with all my might, racking my brain, what would I tell these people that will fill these pews today? I can't think of a better Easter message than to decide to leave this place today accepting all people as children of God. Period. That's about 10 billion times than just shouting, He is risen indeed. Leaving this place, deciding to accept all of God's people as children of God, even the ones we don't like and the ones we don't agree with, even the people we are afraid of, even the people that we need to forgive or that need to forgive us, God is the God of all. That is the Easter message. Perhaps it's the hardest message of all, and it's the one that we are afraid to tell anyone about. We love to proclaim on this day, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But are we ready to go from this place living like we believe it? I think most people think that Easter was an event that happened in the past and we celebrate it once a year. Easter keeps happening. Every single time we bear witness to life, the birth of a baby, a caterpillar that bursts into a butterfly, flowers that bloom in the charred earth that have been ravaged by fire, people that live with joy even when they seem to have been dealt the worst hand at life, alcoholics that stop drinking. Every single day that they decide not to take a drink is a resurrection choice. 
homeless people that find shelter. Do you see that Easter is happening? We just don't name it. Finding out that even though you think your grief will kill you, it will not. You got up this morning, you got dressed, you got yourself here. Somehow, by the grace of God, you thought you would die yourself, but you did not. Somehow, you find the strength to pull yourself out of bed and maneuver the day. You go on living because Easter keeps happening. Every single time we bear witness to life, it is Easter. People that bake wedding cakes for gay couples. Nurses that tend Nazi sympathizers. Easter keeps happening in the strangest of places. Little children in the midst of deep poverty in Cuba that play ball in the street and their shrieks of pure delight sound like our children's shrieks of pure delight, even though our children have everything and their children have nothing. Easter keeps happening because people keep being witness and bearing witness to life when dreams die and hopes fail. And yet new things are born in places where you thought that nothing could grow because you were so hurt. The best image of Easter I have for you is our columbarium. You stand there in this space that is so sacred and so full of tears. And just across the sidewalk is a playground for our children. It's the best place of life and death right there together. You can't get in there without playing hopscotch through sidewalk chalk. That's Easter. That's Easter. People that get to die peacefully and for whom death is a gift. That is Easter. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, well, every homeless person doesn't found shelter. Every alcoholic doesn't stop drinking. But it can happen. It does happen. And I think we as Christians fail to tell it when we see it. We're so busy chiming in with all the other people with, but, but, but that we forget to tell that it does happen, and it is happening. And if we aren't willing to tell it, who will? We're supposed to walk around looking for Easter in our midst. Get ready. You're a little slow on the uptake on this. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So let's Live like it. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.